0: Thank <laughs> you.
1: Welcome into another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, the site manager for Second City Hockey. You can find me on Twitter at SCH underscore Dave M. And I've got all my usual line mates with me this evening. So let's bring them all in one by one. Up first, the analytics darling of Second City Hockey, Shepard Price.
0: Hi. The very least the guy could have done is returned the scarf. Just like it, maybe that solves the problem. Probably right. not.
1: Like, here's, here's, uh, you, you mentioned, you mentioned that Taylor Swift is going to come up at some point. I should have expected it in the first 10 seconds, I, or, but like, it was like three months, right? Three, I, that's how I, long? There there are theories Jake that went? it
0: was longer. It's a, yeah. There are some theories it was longer.
1: All right. Because a, a 10 minute song out of three months, like, I don't know, just seems too seems much.
2: No, he was just that much of a dick.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. He, it was bad. I mean, look, I'm a huge, like, Gwen Stefani has an entire band uh, discography based off of the guy she dated who was also in the band. So I can't slander it too much,
3: but. Yeah, but you can't, come on, Gwen Stefani is like the queen
0: of the universe. Also fair. I mean, to like see, some people and to some people, Taylor Swift is the queen
2: of the universe. I was about to say, if Gwen Stefani is the queen of the universe, what is Taylor Swift? She's like,
3: um, well, I mean, without Taylor, without Gwen yeah. Stefani, there's no Taylor Swift. Let's be honest.
1: Ah, I, 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 don't I, see, I don't see that much crossover. I think this is very much an age gap difference right here. Not, that not just that. Out. but um, I'm the Taylor same age as Mill. Taylor Swift's talking parts are all
3: very Alanis Morissette, uh, probably a homage, which is cool, but.
0: All right. All right. We, we covered a lot of ground right there. Yeah. I, I would say that Taylor Swift at least knows what irony is though.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to like, make it sound like I'm bes- slandering her in any way. Like, <laughs> It's not my thing. Why not? Um, we need
3: conversation on this podcast. <laughs> no, Do I it we'll, for the sake of conversation, we'll
1: have plenty people to slander later. But like Taylor, I'm not going to get into the Taylor Swift slander. Just it's not it's not my thing. I no, used we're to, not here to slander Taylor
0: Swift. We're here to slander Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: there we go. the program. I'm just I just wanted to like imagine somewhere somewhere in some text thread on Jake Gyllenhaal's phone there is dude. It was three months. I guarantee you, he has sent that text within the last week. I don't understand the
3: obsession long, with celebrity months. celebrity love life, but maybe I just don't know a damn thing about
0: what's going on. When they write one of the best songs of all time about it. All right, all right, all it? right.
1: You know? Now, now we're gonna pump the brakes. Best songs. No, no. The 10-minute version is one of the best songs of all time. Oh, Jesus Christ. Just because a song's 10 minute song doesn't mean it's great.
0: No, yeah, like it just is. goes in it, a it, box. It, it, that 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 does, okay, it great. doesn't mean it's great, but the 10-minute song is great. So I don't know what to tell you. Uh, all right. All right. We're we're okay. just
1: I'm just going to take a left turn and keep going down this road over here. Uh, Also with this, this evening, you've already heard his voice a little bit. Uh, He is the second city hockey. What Blake Schwarzenbach is the jawbreaker. It is mill Savage.
3: Oh, geez. That's a good one. I don't even have a response for that. Um, So I need to save our generation. Dave, that's my response.
1: (laughs) There we go. There we go. And, and uh, much like the Blackhawks defense, we are all a little accident prone. Yes. Um, uh Mill is on Twitter at Mill182. Shepherd is on Twitter at shepherd Price. And the last person I'm gonna bring in is not on Twitter, but you can find all her stuff at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR. She's Second City Hockey's bull and wall of text. It's Betsy.
2: I don't even know if I think all too well is the best song on the album. Oh, it is the but best song on the album I do catalog, really like it. Um but oh. it's it's not my favorite. And I I do like it a lot. I just, it's not my favorite.
1: I think it's a very good song. I just. So
2: I. I, I uh, huh? I said, so do I. I yeah. just like, um, there's so um, many other ones. Wa- I like Mr. Perfectly Fine. Um, don't you. Joe
0: Jonas with Mr. <laughs> Perfectly Fine got up so easy. So easy. Of course.
2: We're just going to I, Joe Jonas though, probably was like, oh, I'm so glad that there's only a few songs. <laughs> there's not, like, I'm not going to get as much heat. I-
3: I find it hard that like she has so many songs about all these celebrity guys. Like, is she not the problem? <laughs> like, is it like we had you know? This, it's this, like, like,
0: we as a culture had this discussion in 2010. I'm kinda,
3: and, and hey, she seems like a lovely person. I'm not a hater at all, but I'm just saying. I'm kind of like this. Like maybe <laughs> she should not date celebrities. Like maybe it's one of those things okay. she's just Who's gonna okay. date Taylor Swift problem. that
2: isn't a celebrity though. Like yes. anybody she dates I would, would, would <laughs> sure you <laughs> would just, because she's Taylor Swift, but like normal well, people Well no, are I want a like, song
0: written a- about me so people will check out my band. <laughs> also the, the problem the problem is she was dating old like both both of like arguably her worst exes are john mayer and jake jill and who both of whom were like a decade uh, older i wanted to
3: her. make a joke so like john mayer is my favorite musician ever and i wanted to make a joke but i knew i'd get slandered on twitter because i don't care if he, maybe he sucks i don't know but i wanted to say oh, like every time it's like pretty confirmed he sucks <laughs> uh, whatever I'm team John Mayer but I wanted to be like yo every time Taylor Swift puts out an album millions of people on Twitter just get mad at John Mayer but now it's this fucking other guy and I'm like I don't know who he is what am I supposed to joke about
2: you don't know who Jake Gyllenhaal is
3: no Donnie Darko
2: yeah or oh, I know uh, who Donnie Darko is
0: isn't he like 50
2: yeah you would think he's, but no he, he's, he's like, like
0: 40 40 now and he's dating a twenty. how old girl? is Taylor Swift no, so she
2: was she was nineteen slash twenty when they dated. Um, yeah,
0: and he was thirty one.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh,
1: well, I guess the original version of the song is like ten years old, though, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. That's okay. why they put out the. That's why she put out the the video with Dylan O'Brien, who's like thirty, and then um or twenty nine or thirty, and then Sadie. Oh my God, what's her Sink. last name? Yeah, Sink from Sink. from uh, Stranger things. things. She's nineteen, so that it would be that like. <laughs> so she people would be like, "This is who I'm talking about."
1: Oh, Which by the way, both is, of them, is, I think the both best of them, way them did an see-
2: amazing job, but Sadie Sink looks much younger than Taylor Swift did at twenty, at the very, at the very least. But because she looks the age she is on Stranger
1: yeah, Things, I don't know. That's think- the way I'm going to describe Jake Gyllenhaal is like a uh, garbage version of George Clooney.
3: All I could say is I don't think I'll ever understand what it's like. I think those people all live in a different universe than I do. Oh, but yes. uh, anybody that I can pick up cool guitar tricks from, I'm like fucking here for. So. Taylor Swift, if you want to teach me some fucking cool Nashville shit, send me a video lesson.
1: Well, the, the other downside of this is I, if she, I don't think she's going to be listening to this podcast. And if she was a hockey <laughs> fan, she's probably a Predators fan. So yes. Yeah. I mean, maybe her and Haley Williams go to hockey games together. That's as long that. as
2: she doesn't go with Carrie Underwood's husband. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, I almost got the full segue into hockey there, but let's just let's finish <laughs> off the drive. And uh, you guys want to talk about some hockey, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we no, I want
3: game. to talk more about Jake Gyllenhaal, I guess.
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm just. I was just googling to see what other movies he's been in because I couldn't name any. I know. I know he is a famous person.
0: He's but in but Back,
2: not- *Brokeback Mountain*. You know that one. *Brokeback, yeah.
0: Brokeback Mountain*. *October Sky*. Yeah. Well.
2: Uh, Love and Other Drugs. He's in *Zodiac*. Um, i no movies. movies. I know that
0: was special. one of
2: those
1: stupid movies that he made. Yeah, I'm. I'm the world's worst. reaction that, that this yeah, person was in this movie because I haven't seen a lot of movies. So I.
3: I'm, that's. I think Dave and I are like in the same boat here. Like the newest movie I've seen is probably like Orange County, and that was like from 2002. So.
1: Uh, you know, I, like his like
2: sister Maggie Gyllenhaal. <coughs>
1: huh? Yeah, yeah, she was in one of the Dark Knight movies or one of the newer Batman. Yeah, yeah she yeah. she replaced. Uh, Katie Holmes. That's the one. There we go. See? See, I know things.
3: <laughs> Damn. Well, too bad this guy's not a musician, because this type of shit only benefits you when you have music, because then people will at least go listen to it, and you get plays. Yeah,
2: I like how you almost made it to hockey, Dave, and then we just... I know.
1: <laughs> I tried so hard to drive. Pulling you back in. Let's go.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. All All right, well, that's gonna. we're going to stop with the table.
0: Reese Johnson! <laughs> <laughs> Transition. So that's a good transition. Just Um, yell at Reese
1: Johnson. So since the last time we've all gathered, um, other than this album getting released, um, there was a hockey game last Friday night. The Blackhawks beat the Coyotes two to one. Um, They won, which was cool. Uh, Arizona is really, really bad. So I guess the fact that it took a third period game winning goal uh, may not be the most encouraging thing, but you know, no. they, they also showed an ability to lose to just about everyone else. So we'll take the wins when we get them is what we're trying to say here, folks. Um, I only saw portions of this game. So I'm just going to throw it out to everyone that watched the game, anything in particular that stood out to you or any burning thoughts or observations from that night.
0: Play Dylan Strom more. Play Dylan Strom more is a good one. It, it, it was, it
1: was kind of funny. Our second that that. Doc got, Doc got injured briefly, got hit up high. His face was bleeding. And they sent him to the room. They put Strom on the top power play unit and he immediately scored a goal. That is kind of a funny sequence. So um,
2: I was, I got into a thing like, you know, after uh, Shay put up his, um, their article, it was, which was great, by the way. Um, I was like in the comments being like, let me be the Strom fangirl. Everybody thinks I am right. I um, was like, <laughs> here is micro stats. Cause it's another thing that I think that people don't, notice is that he does a lot of little things good offensively and i think he does mostly at least for the past like year he's not terrible defensively anymore like people are equating the fact that he can't he's not fast with poor defense he does get burned because he's not quick but he's actually better he's more positionally sound than a lot of people on the team if you want to know the truth so um and he's got a bit better stick he's got Really good take uh, takeaway stats and stuff like that. Both the traditional NHL stats, which can be skewed, but also like private and public sourced ones, also really good. But um, one of the things that I'd mentioned in the comments was that Doc hasn't Doc has never played that bumper role when he was in juniors. So when people are like he's a little awkward at it, it's because it's new to him. He's he's been doing it a little bit in the NHL, but he wasn't playing it a lot his first year and now that he's being shoved into it. So he doesn't have as many of the instincts. He did it really well, like in terms of being a good screen on that one Seth Jones goal, but otherwise he just doesn't have the instincts yet. So Strome, on the other hand, has been playing the bumper
1: role since he was like 16. Um, And and I think think with that observation, I think like, because Doc's right-handed and Dominic Kubelik is left-handed, I think you're like your second power play unit. You could have, like, with Kane and it on power play one, where Kane's on the right and Dubrkin's on the left. You flip that, put Doc on the left, Kubalik on the right, and then they're on each other's off wings, and then those two are uh, ripping one timers towards the net.
2: Yeah, and right? that's the role that Doc has been playing. Like Doc's always been that playmaker, even when he's on. You know, he's always played kind of the half wall like Kane has. So, you know, they're. One of the issues that I've had with uh, the Blackhawks treatment of Doc and some other players is that I don't think they've done a great job of going, these are the things these players are good at. Let's put them in situations to grow that while also expanding their their abilities. So Doc is, you know, it would be a great idea for him to learn to play the bumper well. But also maybe, you know, like swap it out a little bit. Let him play the half wall some, see how that works out too since he's more natural at it. And you're right, has a, you know, like a potentially good chemistry with Kuba League, at least on paper, um, to work it out.
1: It'd be worth, yeah, it'd be worth taking a look at because you can't just throw, you can't just necessarily put your five best players on your top power play unit and, you know, go go score goals. That's not necessarily how it works. For some teams it does, but you can do more, you know, find your five best prototypes for those based off whatever formation you're using and use those guys, the top, you know, the top ones on power play one, and get another good mix on power play two, and then you have two legitimately good power play units. Um, so, so there's that.
0: Or you just don't have guys who are tough to play against and actually have skill, and then <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Like Tampa, like Tampa. Huh. they
1: they have they have enough. There are enough skilled guys that they should be able to fill out two power play units that are decently competent. And whatever one Patrick Kane is on is probably going to play 90 seconds of a two-minute power play anyway, but have the other one around just in case. So. That was way more than I thought we were going to get out of the Arizona game, so that's already good. I
2: mean, I, it was
3: really boring.
2: <laughs> it was really boring, and I was going to say that, like, there was, the Blackhawks are still not, like, even in this little three-game win streak, have still been putting up terrible quality against numbers, um, they're still not good. Um, So there hasn't been any actual defensive improvement in that case. Um, But I do, I want more people to watch because I feel like they are in fact defending at the blue line more and they're doing a better job of preventing like a lot of cycling chances against, if that makes sense. Like they're doing a better job of clearing them out and making the team reset up or re-enter. So it's not all, happening at once, which
1: mm-hmm.
2: isn't impacting the total numbers against, but it is helping with um, making sure that the the goalie isn't, like, having to have a bazillion flurries, I guess pun intended, against him <laughs>
0: um,
2: all the time, which is what I was trying to say about the the, the Arizona game. Like, the Arizona looked like they, they had, like, I don't know, 11 or 12 uh, high danger chances by location, which – talking about arizona that should yeah but then fucking
3: andrew Ladd scored from 50 feet out
2: yeah but also none of those chances in close felt dangerous like they felt very like into the chest you know everybody knew what they were doing and that one lad shot was because fucking the defense seth jones was (laughs) screening the shit out of flurry with it was so stupid um he just couldn't get out of the way fast enough um he was trying to move somebody out of flurry's way in his defense um And then the shot came and it just went through like four people. Um, But still, uh, they do need to do a better job still. Now that they've got a couple of wins under, start focusing on not just preventing like cycle shots and like a flurry. Do it more like just in general, get rid of them. Try your best. That's all I want. I just want improvement. I don't need them to be like super good right away, but I'd like to see progress over time.
3: I feel like they kind of didn't play down to their competition, but kind of didn't like care. Like they seemed uninterested with Arizona and then they are also sort of adjusting into playing like a more like, um, I guess like traditional style. Yeah. So it's kind of weird right now. It's like, it, it's like not fun to watch, but it's not horrible.
1: It, like I, I feel like they're they are like there's there's a transitional period between the the last regime and the current regime. So they're trying to like uh it's like watching a kid try to learn how to ride a bike, essentially. And and eventually you just hope he you know you can take the training wheels off and they take off, but um, yeah, like
3: they're not making as many bad mistakes because they're not out of position all the time. Yeah. They're just not playing yeah, like aggressive.
1: It it feels like there hasn't been those egregious like guy wide open in the low slot with nobody within twenty feet of them mistakes for
3: thank, thank God I don't know how much more of that I can handle yeah
1: yeah that was gonna I was gonna make us all lose the rest of our minds um,
3: I was gonna start smoking
1: <laughs> I was I was gonna resume drinking um, yeah exactly well we're we're gonna. We're gonna come back to the the current Blackhawks in a little bit, but I wanted to because we had this big gap where there was only one game being played, and she already talked a ton. But we're gonna make her talk even more. Betsy okay. wrote a incredibly thorough uh, update on all the Blackhawks prospects earlier. Was that on Monday? Yeah, posted on Monday, and. Uh, instead of going down every single player on that list, I would encourage you to go to secondcityhockey.com. They're all there. The article's up there. It's got a nice picture of Lucas Reichel's face on it. Um, that'll be that. That'll direct you to it. So, uh, Betsy, I just want to ask you about any, uh, any standouts or anyone in particular that really jumped off the page as you were looking up what Blackhawks prospects have been up to in this hockey season.
2: Uh, well, obviously, Reichel and Slavin, because they were the mm. highlights of the article um, they play on the line together for Rockford, but in general, Rockford is pretty like lackluster and not fun to watch right now. Really, to me, right? right. Um, they they have the same issues the parent club has, which is they allow like forty shots on goal every <laughs> every game. Um, and uh, Shay's boy Soderbloom, <laughs> um yeah. has been pretty excellent, which is crazy because his uh, his save percentage is really like average for the league, but because of his workload, um, he would be top 10, maybe even top five, if you adjusted for workload. So wow. yeah. um, that's encouraging and he looks good doing it. So that's pretty nice. Um, some other names that popped out, like uh, everybody knows we enjoy Slaggart here, Landon Slaggart. Um He looks good in that he's not uh, producing it quite as, uh, ferocious of a pace as he was last year, but he looks good doing it. Ryder Rolston, who, again, I don't know if that many people even recognize his name. Um, he was a fifth round pick in 2020. Uh, he's off to a great start too, playing on, uh, Notre Dame's third line, um, which is more offensively skewed this year than in previous years past. But he's really fast, and he forces turnovers, and it's been really cool to watch, like, such a big... I don't even remember watching him last year very much. Like, he didn't draw any attention. Um, Kaiser and Connor Kelly are playing on a line together for Minnesota Duluth, and they look amazing. Um, Minnesota Duluth is doing pretty decently. And I think um, neither one of them are playing in a super offensive role, but they're still racking up a couple of points while kind of playing a shutdown role. It's, it's hard to describe it that way. Cause NCAA doesn't really do that, but they definitely seem to get the top, um, the top assignments there. So those are the two, like I see, I they look really good together and it's great. They're playing together since they're both Blackhawks picks. Um, and then to round out college, We've got wise who has been doing Jake wise who transferred to Ohio state and just, it's good to see him playing really well because Mm -hmm. when he got picked um, way back when there was a lot, way back when 2018 um, he's not that old. uh, He got picked in the third round. He was kind of considered a steal to have dropped that far. Um, And then he just injury after injury, after injury,
0: a lot um, of concussions And concussions too,
2: right? Huh? Like, yeah, with multiple like, concussions, I believe. Yeah, and he had like a he had a what, he had like a leg injury at one point, but like, poor guy. Either way, he looks like the player he looked like when they drafted him. But maybe that that people were like, he really should have gone like maybe upper second round, lower first. He looks like that player. Whether or not it's enough to like get him a contract, I don't know. But he is a natural center. Um, which the Blackhawks could use more of because they haven't been able to develop many of them. Um, and then last the entire class of 2021 got pretty much railed by everyone in that ever like judged prospects. Um, even us, uh, it wasn't a great draft by anyone's standards, but pretty much everybody's been doing pretty well. Um, okay. You got the, the big three and the WHL um, Colton Doc, Nolan Allen, and, um, Jalen, I think his name is pronounced Lupin, but I'm not hundred percent on that. <laughs> L-U-Y-P-E-N. Um, I watch a lot with sound offs. <laughs> I'm not great with pronunciation. Anyway, all of them have looked really good. Uh, one of the issues with Doc, uh, the younger was that his skating needs to improve a lot. I actually think there's already been like a noticeable improvement in his skating just from the last time I saw him last year. So that's pretty cool to see everybody from uh, Harding, Taj Harding, who Taj Harding, however you say his name, Uh, really big guy. That's all I knew about him before has been looking great in the eight. JHL, Del Maestro has been looking as good as you. Um, Like he was one of the ones that I really liked before. The only guy that poor guy uh, got injured was, who was my favorite pick that they had last year in the fourth round was should Borg. How do you say his name?
1: <laughs> I know <laughs> you're <Jornborg. it> was, <laughs> it I'm not going to Yes.
2: Either way. He's uh, such a stud defensively. I was really excited that they took him. Cause uh, if he can even just get a little bit of his offense going, um, he could be a dual threat. He got injured and he had to have surgery. Um, I don't know what on, they just keep saying lower body. Um, So poor guy, Uh, but I've been way more impressed with 2021 class. And I thought I would be, I've been really disappointed in pretty much everybody in Rockford, except for like two people, Um, three players, I guess. Um, So that's like, I watch way more college than I do anything else, but I've tried to watch more Rockford games Um, this year. I used to catch maybe two out of every five. I think I've watched all but that one that wasn't that didn't get aired. Um, they didn't have a stream, so right. I don't know if anybody else has any has watched anybody prospect wise and had thoughts. But
1: I I tried. There was a Notre Dame game on that was on NBC Sports. I think it was on NBC Sports Chicago recently, and I don't remember anything in particular from uh, Landon Slaggard or who's the other. There's another guy from the Hawks on Notre Dame.
2: Uh, it's that Ryder kid.
1: Yeah, Ryder Wilson. I don't remember. I don't remember anything in particular jumping off the screen. Um, but that's like I, I, after I read your prospect thing, I'm like, I I don't have anything else to add. This is gonna stand alone. Uh, Shay Mel, do you guys have anything else to toss in?
3: Um, I think we'll probably have a better idea of needs when like talking about prospects as we see them develop into a new system.
0: Yeah, because yeah. I feel yeah, like guys yeah.
3: are gonna be more usable under this, right?
0: Yeah, uh, under under King or whoever replaces King.
3: Yeah, like that's. A, yeah. I'm thinking like like the bottom six and like like kind of that kind of group will be probably used more properly.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not looking at Rockford's record. It's not great. But like there's a lot of prospects who should be names like Tepley's and in, in uh, Rockford and he people is not like that. good. No. And that's a bummer because, like, there were, it, like, I certainly had expectations for Michael. Is Bumper. it the
1: leading scorer, Brett Connolly, right now? <laughs> Which, I mean, well, he Brett should Connolly, be in the NHL. Uh, well, Con- like, Connolly's in any, like, Connolly and
0: Reichel, right? Reichel's yeah. doing really, really well there.
1: Mm, yeah. So, I mean, maybe Brett Connolly gets called up again or, and I still, I still feel like we haven't seen the last of Alex Nylander. That's one player that's going to be interesting to watch because it was obvious. Well, it was obvious. The prior regime was like going to make do everything they could to make him happen. And now that they are all gone, I mean, you saw the head coach got tossed immediately. So now you wonder what all the players in the organization, like they all have like, they may have had their guys that were backing for them within the organization that might not be there anymore. So now, they may not have as much slack to succeed as they did in the past. So a guy like Nylander, like this might be the ultimate put up or shut up time because he might be on his way out of town if he doesn't start putting up. So Uh,
2: to speak on Nylander real quick, um, I would love to see him play with better players because he's essentially the bottom three lines are checking lines in Rockford to me. Like they're all (laughs) mostly checkers. And Nylander has been actually really good away from the puck. Um, which is something he needed to improve on, but he also needs to find his offensive touch again because, uh, you know, half a point per game in the AHL is just not cutting it from a guy who has his skills.
3: Yeah, and he probably... Yeah, like he should be
1: tearing it up down there. He sucks. He is,
2: he's not he's not playing with, like, on the regular with the best players, though.
1: And you can put um, him... I mean, everybody's been cutting him slack forever, but he did miss an entire hockey season, so maybe it'll take him a month or two to find his form again. So we'll see. I don't know. He's running out of excuses. I'm not. So whatever. Um, Well, I think that's all the prospect talk we have. Uh, We're going to bring it, bring it back to the present or the, yeah, whatever. We're going to talk about the Blackhawks a little bit, but we're going to take a quick timeout regroup and come back on the other side of the break and talk more about the current versions of the Blackhawks. Welcome back to Musings on Madison. As promised before the break, we wanted to go back to the future, as some would say. And uh, talk about the current version of the Blackhawks because I I think I touched on this a little bit on last week's episode, but I do feel like this is a, if the Blackhawks are going to salvage anything out of the season in terms of a potential playoff chase, like right now is the time where they got to start making some hay. So the fact that they've won their last three games is pretty good. But on Wednesday night, you've got the expansion Seattle crank and who are not very good and you got to beat them. On Saturday, they do play a pretty good team that's gonna, or Edmonton team, excuse me. That's going to be a tough challenge. Then on Sunday, you play a Vancouver team that is in complete and total disarray. And I think they're like chanting to fire the general manager right now. So that's two more points the Hawks should get. Um, and then they have a game against Calgary. There's also uh, the game against Calgary is next Tuesday night. So you have a four-game road trip. You can get, get away from Chicago and all the – all the things that have been swirling around this team for the last month. Uh, You've got a new coach, a new, just there's, it feels like there's a chance here for this team. Like they, if they're going to do anything, they probably need to do it, make their moves right now. Because um, if you, you know, they lay an egg against Seattle or Vancouver or God forbid, both, like this team's going to be buried by Thanksgiving with no chance of ever getting out of it. Like I was looking at the NHL standings. I can't believe I'm doing standings watching in, November, but here we are. But I mean, the Hawks have 10 points in 15 games. Uh, if the playoffs were to start today, they'd be eight points out of a playoff spot. So like it and eight points is not easy to make up in today's NHL with the, the loser point and everything. So all that is to say, um, if you have still are trying to find some dose of optimism somewhere about the Blackhawks getting their shit together and making a playoff push come March or April, uh, they probably need to start doing, start making up some of that ground right now when they have an opportunity. Um, so, with that in mind, I wanted to bring in Shane, just either thoughts on that or just thoughts on things to keep an eye out for over the next week or so.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, uh, Seattle is uh, an expansion team and is a proper expansion team on like my 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 my. Cherished babies, uh, the Vegas called the Knights, uh, who are not a proper expansion team because we were actually good our first year. Uh, Seattle didn't draft well. Clearly, like as everybody said at the time, that was a bad draft by a bad, probably general manager. Uh, turns out everybody was correct. Um, this team once everybody and, was correct. <laughs> uh, they also like didn't get any assets, but we can talk about we can talk about the Seattle Crack later. Uh, yeah, they they have to beat the Crack and they have to beat the Canucks. The Canucks are like. Any media around a team is as bad or worse than the Blackhawks currently is, it's the Canucks. Yeah. Vancouver, the Vancouver media are upset at that team. Well and and like um, and and I, and I for those who may not be
1: aware of the news, there's some like hellacious flooding happening in the Vancouver area right now. So whatever people get out to the game on Saturday night or Sunday night, excuse me, like they're already going to be in a shitty mood because of all the stuff's going on. And if they have to watch another Canucks team get uh, blown out uh, by a not great Hawks team right now, like there's, there's going to be some unhappy people. It's just going to be adding on another layer of frustration and anger that they didn't want to deal with right now.
0: Right. They like celebrated Duncan Keith getting hit and that was, (laughs) <laughs> dunk like he was no longer a black yeah um,
1: yeah you don't re you don't get to win the 2011 Stanley Cup because Tyler Myers hit Duncan Keith when Keith's on the Edmonton Oilers now exactly but, you know whatever I don't uh, think
0: they know that and <laughs> then uh and then you need two points at least from the games between the Oilers and the Flames the Flames like both of those teams are good uh this season I mean the Flames are the Flames but like they're being they're coached better and Matthew Kachuk and uh Maj, Majiapani have just exploded so far this year. Um, to like just get two points out of that. Like if you beat the Oilers that's a miracle. If you beat the Flames it's understandable. Um
1: I just I just remember reading the first Duncan Keith against the Blackhawks game with that Oh thing. yeah. and like that's going to be I've watched a couple Oilers games and like from watching Keith for 15 years in Chicago like just know him by the way he skates. Don't even need to see the number or anything and that's gonna be that's gonna be weird.
0: Yeah, but knowing some of the stuff we know now about Dunghith,
1: <laughs> that's no knowing he's not the Norris Trophy winner anymore. Maybe he can be
0: some that that in his personality. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, like, if we don't if we don't podcast next week, uh, the Blues, you, yeah, yeah, you kind of got to get a win against Brandon Saad and the Blues because you because you the audience forgot Brandon Sod is a blue. I'm, uh, I'm
1: trying to forget actually thank you yeah. for, no thank you for reminding me and then you play a shitty sharks team next yeah season.
0: exactly so although uh, although a shitty sharks team who's like defense is back like brent burns i saw a post on a hockey Reddit that recently that like brent burns is currently like on track for the norris again uh oh, oh i'm sure and i'm sure and it's Eric, like, is
2: it like carlson Dowdy carlson last year dowdy was on track for the norris for the first like Thirty games, and then it was like, okay, he's actually not good. He's the
3: worst defenseman okay. of all time.
2: <laughs> I was, I was gonna point out. I don't want to interrupt you too much, but uh, the the Flames are a legitly like statistically good team, but the Edmonton Oilers are mediocre
0: statistically. Yes. So it's just like um, again, the Oilers- again, when when like, Conor McDavid is not on ice for the Edmonton Oilers, yeah, historically, especially because now like they got Zach Hyman, but they got Zach Hyman for Connor McDavid, like. Like I know Leon Dreisaitl exists, but they're a bad team when Connor McDavid is off the ice.
1: Yeah. It's just, so it's they just like be, that playoff series front or the qualifying round series.
2: I was excited because, um, I think part of the reason the Hawks won against them in the bubble was because like caves and camp were like, and not because Colleton was matching them up, but those two just happened to be against, uh, McDavid the most. And they kind of shut like that line down a little bit. Um, Derek King is a lot better about matchups and he's a lot more focused on that. So I'm hopeful that he'll realize, try to put your checking line against it. It doesn't matter if they get blown up, just keep them off the score sheet and you have a chance. The blues team is actually pretty mediocre statistically too. They're actually more mediocre than the Edmonton Oilers. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. They're neither one of them are at like a 50% share of uh, expected goals. So at five on five. Another
3: thing about the blues they're stupid and I hate them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> is this is this true. <laughs> uh, you can <laughs> put
3: it's both eye test and analytics. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> I hate them for sixty is really off the chart for the Blues. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, right. <laughs> uh,
1: that's
3: good. I really hope they kick the Blues' ass. Like the the Hawks, now that they've got a few wins, they're kind of due for like a good win. Just, just, just to, to really like, stick it to like, somebody.
1: Yeah, just six to two somebody for no reason. And by, by the way, a, a, a PSA that we sent out for the game Friday night, and we'll have to do it again for the game against the Blues. That game is only available on ESPN Plus. So I look forward to uh, having everybody hate tw- send out hate tweets directed at us it's and everybody. Fucking else. brutal. Yeah, hopefully, every
2: other con- so I totally get that people hate it, but I don't. It was so annoying in the in the game threads, every other comment being about it. I had to be at one point be like, can you guys just not anymore? Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> like, it's, it's not
1: like everybody tried to like compare it to like when the Hawks games were blacked out on home ice. I'm like, that's not, it's not really the same thing because it's a league-wide thing. It's not just, you know, the words family being greedy. It's a whole different thing. It's annoying as hell. I get it. I don't it- like it very much either. Just hopefully the overall production quality goes up a few notches because the last game was weird as hell
3: that was my problem is the audio mix was really bad yes yes
2: so loud
3: they they well they like mixed it so bad and this is espn that we're talking about like one of the biggest companies right right and and then like the the commentators like i could have done without but whatever it's it's i don't know it it wasn't great but who cares at the same time
1: yeah um just the, the overall point here being again, hopefully that it's a better broadcast, but the next six games, I'd say yeah. reasonably the Hawks probably need to get at least eight of them. If we're even going to consider uh, any sort of uh march to relevancy, I guess is what we'll call this. Um, but yeah, you got, if you get eight out of the next 12 points, then maybe we can start, you know, having some level of optimism that they'll get this thing on the right track. Cause uh, if they don't, I mean, you know, then then we'll be by the time we get to Christmas, we'll be talking about which veterans are going to trade at the deadline.
3: I, I, I do want to throw out. I don't think as many people would have cared about the broadcast if the game wasn't so boring.
1: Yeah, that's it's true.
2: true.
3: When, I mean, like compared to the brutal. broadcasters,
2: they sounded better when they were exci- like exciting things were happening.
3: Well, right, but the game wasn't all that exciting, right? So yeah, exactly. Like,
2: it, was, it was so bad. Especially one, that and, first period. Yeah. But here's
3: the problem. They didn't have the right compression on, so when they'd start to get excited, they'd get loud and their mic yeah. would like clip the audio. And it's like, come on, dude. This sounds like... I mean, our podcast has better audio production than that. At least I put a compressor on it.
1: Yeah. I, I just... It sounded from the little... I was able to watch some of it and didn't have a ton of audio most of the time, but it didn't sound... It sounded like it was in a library like there was no crowd noise whatsoever and i know you know the attendance is down and all that but it sounded as like it sounded like the games in the bubble probably did with no fans in the building so whatever um but yeah whatever eight out, of, but eight out of twelve points as long as
2: i don't i the like um if the sound mix can be that bad at least i want to hear some stuff from the ice like that one that was like, I'm trying my best. Oh
1: yeah, that's right. Yeah, at least give me some some live f bombs from some players on the ice because God knows Jonathan. Do me is something
2: funny. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Was that Keith Yandel, I think was that who was. I have no, I'm trying. Somebody's yelling at him to, like, get the puck out or something. He I'm trying. <laughs> oh, great audio. So yeah, um, that's your look ahead for the next few weeks. Uh, hopefully the Hawks can uh, can do some things because. I really don't want to do the uh, I mean, I really don't want to do the trade deadline episode in early january like i I would like to have at least some sort of relevant hockey to watch at least for a little bit this season, but uh we'll find out over the next few weeks uh speaking of the next few weeks there's a there's a pretty big holiday coming up at least for those of us not in canada uh the the american thanksgiving i Canadian Thanksgiving already happened didn't it
0: yes october.
1: I only I learned about Canadian holidays through hockey just because you'll see a bunch of people tweeting about it. Like, oh, I I haven't lived in Canada, so I didn't I I know their holiday schedules are slightly different than ours. Um, but anyway, American Thanksgiving is next Thursday, which is gonna dive us into our food take here at the end of this conversation. And Mill had something to present to us. So, Mill, the floor is yours.
3: All right. Well, generally speaking, I know there's like a kind of like a group of foods that most people at least in america would say oh yeah that's considered a thanksgiving food right like turkey or cranberry or sauce or whatever stuffing
1: <laughs> mm. yeah
3: yeah and and everyone's family you know some people have like two sides of the family do different things or whatever they have their own mix of stuff but something that i'm a big fan of that i've never had for thanksgiving somehow is is it mac and cheese a thanksgiving thing because i've been seeing people post about it
1: yeah mac and cheese. for some amazing. it is okay I think it's an acceptable side item for Thanksgiving cuz I've never
3: had it on Thanksgiving but I'm a huge mac and cheese guy so I feel I feel like I should start making it.
0: I have also never had it for Thanksgiving and I don't believe I ever will.
2: Um you live in the, Okay, so in the South, very much a thing. Like but mm. mac and cheese at every meal is a thing here. Yeah,
3: I think like every like, it's awesome. Every
1: <laughs> southern themed restaurant and like every barbecue place has mac right. and cheese on the menu.
0: There's yeah. a reason like it's associated with fried chicken as like a side.
2: I totally recommend it. I love my mom makes a homemade one um, every year and it's delicious. So I wholeheartedly think everybody should have it as a side. Um, it's a crowd pleaser. Um, if you have kids, it'll be what they want. Um, and you, you won't have kids that get angry about having to eat something else quite as much. Um, I mean, that from experience. <laughs>
1: does
0: anybody (laughs) who
1: dislikes mac and cheese like what what, i what kind of awful person
0: (laughs) is about to speak up hot take (laughs) i don't thanksgiving was my favorite holiday because it's it's like the food holiday it's the perfect food holiday i don't want dairy i don't want that much dairy on my table at thanksgiving well, I mean, no, you know, That's, that's like that's good. like that's like the only obstacle for me. It's like no, I don't well, I, I don't want that because
3: when you have the diet that I'm on, where it's like I'm not I'm vegetarian, but I'm not like vegan. It gives me more variety on like a, a food holiday, yeah. if that makes sense. And I like making like fancy mac and cheese, like doing the breadcrumbs and all kind, of, you know, baking it and stuff. But uh, I was just curious because like I feel like I've never had that ever once on Thanksgiving, and other people do. And now I want to make it.
1: Um, I mean, I'm, I'm on board. I, I think we all agree. Like uh, more mac and cheese is never going to be a bad thing. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Thumbs up on thumbs up from my end. Hmm. Right. What? So
2: I know that was Mills food take, but the other food take that I was going to say that I think is what's the most controversial Thanksgiving dish of a traditional meal to me, it's cranberry sauce. Yep. Okay.
1: Well, well what's, what's the controversial part of
2: it? it's gross
0: (laughs) people don't like people don't like it i want it and i want it in the can. i want i want to see the can.
2: yeah it's very there are people that love it and then there's people that hate it well there's like a little in between
0: we make it homemade
3: so like i put it on everything because it's delicious with like some orange peel in it
2: no i've had homemade before and i still am like uh i don't really want it with anything and i love it's
0: because cranberry is an interesting flavor and like it's not really a southern flavor
2: yeah, that might be it. Cause I love fruit and every fruit and berries. And like, that's my favorite pie types of fill- fillings other than pecan and that kind of stuff. But cranberries have never been something that maybe I just don't like, but cranberry sauce is not welcomed by everybody. There are lots of people yes. that are like, so otherwise, do you guys think there are other controversial Thanksgiving? Oh. I think that's the only one really. I
0: yeah. mean, th- there, there's the, the eternal debate between Pumpkin and sweet potato pie, I think, at Thanksgiving. And yeah, mm-hmm. The answer is pumpkin. Of course.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. Who the hell has – I've never, like, even seen that, like, for sale, like, a fake – like, one you buy. Yeah,
2: sweet it's potato sweet potato, pie.
3: potato. I, I see it plenty down here.
2: Yeah, there's lots mm-hmm. of sweet potato pie being sold in the South, too. It's just not really um, – we don't do pumpkin pie during Thanksgiving um, because we have pumpkin bread.
3: Mm, that's good too. Um, too
2: much, too much pumpkin, I guess. But um, yeah.
3: Well like, you get pecan, like, and pumpkin. But I never see sweet potato. Like, if you go to Costco around this time of year, you can get a pumpkin pie bigger than your head. But like, you and you can get a pecan pie, but you can't get a sweet potato pie, and or like a grocery store. It's like the same thing.
1: Did you did you see that Reese's is coming out with a uh, yes the, pe- the a, Reese's peanut butter cup, but it's the salmon. size
3: of a pie. Yeah, I want mm-hmm. that for my birthday next year.
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get that delivered to you, Mel. Uh, I, I will. No, I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy it for you guys. All right. That that. Also, <laughs> your terms are acceptable. Uh, and the, this came this came from uh, Broad Street Hockey, which is our sibling site that that writes about the Flyers. Apparently, there was some discussion internally among their staff. Somebody threw out steak on Thanksgiving is a thing that they do. What? Yeah. What? Okay. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that everybody else had the same reaction that YouTube
0: just did of what? Who does? That? Okay. So, so like I've heard of an alternative meat option being ham.
2: Yeah, ham is the. We have turkey and ham, so. I, well, I always turkey. thought ham was
1: more of a Christmas thing, but so I will allow it on Thanksgiving. But get the fuck out of here with steak. It's just not. <laughs> no. Um, no.
2: Do you guys know honey baked ham? They do. They do, like, holiday meals and stuff like that. You can get Easter and stuff. So we get yeah. a ham from there every every year for both Thanksgiving and Christmas. And they just put out, like, this, like, extended menu of, like, for holiday stuff that's, like, brisket and stuff. And I was like, what the no. fuck?
1: No. That should
0: not be on either of these holidays. Yeah, Sell it it's, regularly. Yes, for Thanksgiving, I'd, like, pulled pork sandwiches, please. <laughs>
1: Right. <laughs> like that's you- a, su- that's a, that's for your summer cookouts is pulled pork. Yeah.
3: I feel like it's kind of conducive to the weather. Like nobody's making steaks in November generally anyway. Right. Like you go to a steakhouse or something.
1: Yeah. I just, I mean, I, I, I that was, I saw, I didn't know uh, that everybody, I, this is like the one thing in this country that I think everybody can actually agree upon. Like Thanksgiving is a Turkey holiday
3: period. Well, for that's me, it's like, I don't even eat meat. So I don't really have a say in this. Uh, I think I've heard it out on this podcast before. I used to, I used to work for Costco, and when I the first time I did, they gave everybody full turkeys as a Thanksgiving gift, and everyone was like all excited. I'm like, thanks. What the hell am I going to do with this? <laughs> so I like, hey mom, uh, I'm going to give you a turkey. You don't have to buy one. <laughs> She's all stoked. Well,
1: you can, Mel. You you can get your your tofurkey or whatever. Turkey. I
3: so there is fake turkey that tastes like it. I'm not a huge like. I used to like turkey, but not. I would pretty much only eat it on Thanksgiving, like I didn't really like care for it that much um so turkey I just, sandwiches are the
0: best though
3: I don't know. I feel like I was more like in the realm of like ham or roast beef
2: you have to do if you do a turkey sandwich post thanksgiving you have to do it like like with gravy in it um yes, delicious
0: and, uh, gravy just, and stuffing
1: you know i i think I think doesn't get enough attention on Thanksgiving. I think, and, and it's kind of related to what you guys talking about with the post Thanksgiving turkey sandwiches, the quality of the bread, like you got to have some good bread rolls or some buns or something. Like, don't just give me a loaf of bread. Like, give me, give me some good, like oven baked, uh, lightly golden uh, buns. Like uh, this is a very, very regional thing that I Mel might appreciate. Um, there are, there's a restaurant in this area called Teeble's. And you mm. can buy the rolls that they have at their restaurant. You can buy them at local grocery stores. And if you put those in the like pop them in the oven for like five, ten minutes, they turn golden brown. They're the best bread rolls of all time. All right, maybe not of all time. But they're Two just tables. they're perfect. So you just just don't don't fuck up the bread. I I think is the overall message here. Like don't don't ruin that part because I think it's a very integral part of the entire package that is being delivered on Thanksgiving.
2: Well, then I have a question because okay. for the past few years my family has been doing um because <laughs> you just brought up restaurant biscuits but the only good thing about red lobster is their cheddar bay biscuits well they now have they have a mix for it and we've been doing that as our like bread option which is not a plain bread of any yeah. kind, so it's got its own flavor profile too. So yeah, I know what
3: you're talking about. Yeah, yeah it,
2: it might it, for some people, it might like interrupt the meal. I, but um, it's fu- they're fucking delicious.
0: I mean, they're, they're really they're good. It's just it's a weird mix with turkey. I don't yes, know why you're leaning into the dairy too hard.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't, I don't, don't think know. I like it's, them it's, in that situation. Not gonna, I think I think those are good for like other situations, but I, I think as part of the package of a turkey dinner, I think, I think the cheddar and like, there's like, a, I guess kind of a garlicky thing in there too. Like just the overall, like there's, there's too much going on with the red lobster biscuits to have it at my, on my Thanksgiving plate.
2: I can understand that. I, I was, that's why I said, I was like, it's probably not for everybody, but we've enjoyed it a lot. We just didn't have, my mom forgot to make um, or buy. Cause we used to do like little Hawaiian rolls. Um, she forgot. Mm. She she forgot Hawaiian. them one year, and we had some boxes, and I was like, I'll just make these real quick. And for some reason, they worked really well, and we've been doing them ever since.
1: Hawaiian, Hawaiian bread is, is the
3: Hawaiian. Yes. See, like, I'm Serbian, so we make bread, like, all the time. So, like, we always have homemade bread around. But uh, the Teebles thing, I was going to say, I went there for a family thing recently, and um, it has, like, if you've never been there, there's, like, a bar, and, like, they serve good seafood and whatever. But it was like too early to have a beer, so I ordered a vodka soda, and they they poured me like vodka and sprite, and I was really pissed.
0: <laughs> well,
3: so uh, you know what, Tivolz, get your shit together.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's gonna be a reference for the three other people from our area that listen to this podcast. Yeah,
3: but but uh, I recommend the walleye. The pike is really good. Perch is good. Um, for anybody who gives a fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I'll, I'll go there next week. I'll let you. I'll report back. I'm trying to think if there's any other Thanksgiving things. Uh, I, I think, I think we, oh, we may not be able to do an episode next week because I think we've exhausted this topic completely already.
3: We'll um, also be in food comas.
1: Yeah, that's very possible. Well, I, I think if that's the case, I think we can uh, start trying to approach the landing before one last uh, tangent that takes us away for 10 minutes. Uh, any, <laughs> other, any other final thoughts before we uh, try and wrap this up here? uh
3: self-promotion my band's putting out a record on friday so go to my twitter and find it and stream it please if you like uh any type of music at all it doesn't we don't sing about jake gyllenhaal but i promise it rips (laughs) there it is that's the only time i'll self-promote myself publicly on this show
1: that's fine it's totally acceptable uh betsy or Shay, do you guys have albums coming out this week i don't so no yeah
3: Yours guys came out last week
0: with red. Yeah,
1: mine came out. Mine came out earlier this year when Thrice released a new one. So we're good to go.
0: Mine, mine, mine also came out a little bit earlier this year when Churches released theirs. Oh, there
1: you go.
3: but uh, hopefully the Hawks will keep winning. I guess is a good final take. Yeah, give us something. Give us something to watch.
1: Yeah, I mean, like the Hawks don't play. Uh, The the game on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, got bumped from the noon national broadcast to the 2.30 ESPN Plus only broadcast. But 2.30 is the uh, perfect time to emerge from a uh, turkey hangover and wake up and waddle over to the couch and lay down and then just watch hockey for three hours. So I'm totally down for that. Um, So all things considered, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Musings on Madison. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thanks to Betsy, Mill, and Shay for hanging out again. I I'm, I'm leaning towards, we're probably not going to have an episode next week. We might pop up and do one if, if things align, but if not, uh, we would like to extend to everyone a very happy Thanksgiving. Hope everyone enjoys themselves. Uh, hope you guys all have some good hockey to watch and then we will, uh, We'll reemerge around these parts uh, whenever we can, probably the week after that, like get back on our usual schedule. Uh, stay tuned to secondcityhockey.com for all the previews, recaps and analysis and everything else in between. Um, Mills on Twitter at mill one eighty two. 82 shepherds at shepherd price. I'm at SCH underscore Dave M. The main account is two ndcityhockey city hockey. And you can also find Everything at secondcityhockey.com, and that's where Betsy stuff is at under the name LBR. I think that's all the usual stuff. Uh, go to iTunes, leave us all like 10 star reviews or 15 star reviews, whatever. Um, and that's going to do it for this episode. So thank you again for listening, and uh, go Turkey.